0: This This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Grabbed all near side room, 35-30, cuts back between the hashes, 25-20. There he goes, veering right, 10-5, end zone, touchdown
1: Packers. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Chrisman passed the 45, trucks the defender at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. Can he go? 15-10. And the Deacons hit Painter for the first time tonight.
0: Play action, Harless looking left. Now looks right. He'll fire deep far side. Vasquez leaping catch at the 30-yard line. There he goes with the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown Warburgs.
1: This is prep spotlight.
0: Y'all ready for this?
1: And a good Wednesday evening. The World Series game number two of the World Series will be coming up after Brad Anderson and I talk a little prep sports here. And yeah, we got our own Clayton Kershaw and Dallas Keiko matchups, I think, up and down the Red River Valley with a couple of teams coming up. Uh, going to be a little bit of a football-heavy show. Minnesota, they got their playoffs underway uh, last night. North Dakota, depending on if you've been in 9 or 1-A, you've already had a game or two. Class 2-A and 3-A, they get going coming up this weekend. Chase Miller, Brad Anderson, and Brad, uh, let's start there. Minnesota High School sectionals all across the state last night a couple games that maybe intrigued you or was there one or two that kind of were a little bit of eye-opening scores for you Brad well uh, Detroit Lakes a
0: uh, normally perennial power was struggled by their uh, you know by their standards this year a big win over Wilmer 41 40 so they go to Fergus Falls and you know I I was looking saying you know well Wilmer beats DL they may have to go up to Fergus Falls again, which, you know, in recent years, they've picked off the Otters twice in Fergus Falls in that uh, semifinal matchup, but that won't happen. So you've got uh, DL and Fergus. That'll be an interesting, uh, really good matchup on uh, Saturday night there. DGF, a big win over Park Rapids. They got a rematch with Pequot Lakes on Saturday, and they lost to Pequot in Glendon during the regular season. So you look at those top three teams, Perham, uh, Pequot and DGF, DGF of course the uh, defending section champs. So it'll be a tough road for them. They're gonna have to pick out both those teams to get back to state. Eight AA Barnesville rolls. They'll uh, get with more than likely Crookston uh, in the uh, in the matchup there. Six uh, AA really wide open. Pillagers awfully good, but you know maybe a team like West Central Ashby do they uh, sneak in there and get into the finals and. Another one is section six and nine man boy there's a lot of there is a lot of talent in uh and four really solid teams still standing you've got Wobin and Nevis of course Wobin's been down to the Dome in U.S Bank Stadium here in recent years and uh, they'll play at one o'clock Saturday and then in Norman County East Eulin Hitterdahl, who's been a state ranked team uh they uh, hammered Laporte last night and they've got Rothsay coming up in Rothsay of course Rothsay we highlighted them a few weeks ago in their uh, standout running back Wyatt Curtis that's a 6 p.m. kickoff so you're going to get you're going to get a guaranteed a, a really fun matchup next uh Thursday at the Dome for that uh, for that game. Those are just some that stand out.
1: And the one thing from the Minnesota side of the North Dakota side is about the closest on the North Dakota side is nine-man in terms of how many rounds you'd have to get to get to the championship because by the time you get through sectionals, then you cross over and play another team possibly in the quarterfinals in a neutral site setting. And then from there, you get to U.S. Bank Stadium in the semis, which is a perk, but you really want to get there for the championship, Brad, and, you, and they could still be playing a month from now if they get to the championship game. Well,
0: that's true. Some teams have to play five or six playoff games to win a state title. and forgot about the Spuds as well. Can't forget about the Spuds. they got a big game with uh, Alexandria coming up Saturday night as well. Just beat Alec here uh, last Wednesday. That's going to be an interesting section as well. More than likely, the winner of that goes to Brainerd for the section finals. But I think that's the one thing. If you have that first-round game Tuesday, you're going to have to go. And I've always been impressed by this if teams can make that run Tuesday, Saturday, and then maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, then it kind of gets to be more of a, a routine once you get into, a little bit anyway, once you get into, if if you're fortunate enough to get to the state quarterfinal.
1: Uh, Brad, from there, I know there's a couple other things that we'll talk about more on the North Dakota side here coming up a little bit later on games that we're covering on 740 The Fan and 104.7 Duke FM at football coach for Wymer Lidgerwood. Scott Stringy will be coming up here uh, just a couple minutes from now on the program, but uh, State Cross Country, we can't forget about them. And I know there's some volleyball teams that you would like to get a little shout out as well, Brad.
0: Yeah, State Cross country is coming up this uh, saturday out in valley city at bjornson golf course and, beautiful uh, setting Yep, yeah, be beautiful setting the weather's gonna be not exactly great run- running weather it sounds like but uh you know it's interesting you look at hillsborough central valley's had such a great run uh, in class b uh both on the girls and the boys side they'll be fun to see if they uh, you know can win a state title and uh it's a fun sp- i don't know if it's a great spectator sport for some people but i mean. I envy those kids because they're in far better shape than you and I are. <laughs> and they work hard at it, and it takes endurance, and you got to go through injuries and everything else. And, uh, it, and hopefully, they got a good crowd out there to, to support them on Saturday, and hopefully, the weather will hold up as well.
1: So from there, Brad, let's talk a little volleyball here. I know on the EDC side, it's starting to bunch up at the top a little bit. We've been talking about it's been about a six-maybe team horse race, and every time you look at the scoreboard, you see, oh, this team knocked off them, or, oh, this team defeated this one. And on the Minnesota side, there's some good uh, matchups coming up as well this weekend.
0: Yeah, the EDC, West Fargo, is pretty much the inside track on in the top seed, 15-1 and in EDC play. They'll get waffed in tomorrow night. Uh, a couple of matchups to highlight. Chanley at Valley City is going to be a big one. That's a two-point EDC game. Highliners tied for second with Davies right now and Shanley's a half game back Davies beat Shanley last night that's going to be a key one and then you look at Valley City at Davies on Saturday Devils Lake is still in the mix Uh, they will be at South on Saturday so yeah I mean it really West Fargo's sitting there at number one but boy you go from two down to six there's a difference of about two and a half games between Davies Valley City North Shanley and Devils Lake Uh, Minnesota sectionals uh, starting to kick off here. They had the first round in some sections on Monday. You've got uh, Section 6A going on. They'll have uh, uh, action both tonight and uh, tomorrow night. Wadena Deer Creek's the number one seed in the north. Underwood in the south. They have a potential for a really good two and three matchup with Pelican Rapids in Barnesville if they can get out of their matches on Thursday night. And Breckenridge the number two seed. They'll have West Central area coming up uh, on Thursday night as well. You know, 8AA is interesting. You've got uh, Fergus Falls, the number four seed. They're going to take on Detroit Lakes coming up tomorrow night. But uh, DGF, the number two seed in the north. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Park Rapids, number one in the south. And then... uh, Take a look at Moorhead as well. Spuds have had themselves a uh, a nice season. They are the number three seed. They will get either Brainerd or Big Lake coming up here in uh, in the quarterfinals on Friday. So uh, Minnesota getting underway, and then North Dakota uh, Central Cass beat Lisbon in a big uh, Region One matchup. So you got Central Cass and Northern Cass at nine and one in the region. Lisbon nine and two. Richland and Oak Grove definitely in the mix. Uh, Lisbon. And Richland has Lisbon and Northern Cass coming up. And so and that they're playing basically those top three seeds get a buy into the quarterfinals. You avoid the play in Ron, which I'm sure a lot of those coaches would gladly take.
1: This is Prep Spotlight on 740 the Fan. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson again Well, we'll join in progress, game number two of the World Series between the Houston Ashos and the Los Angeles Dodgers just after 730. If you're looking for that game right here on 740 the Fan. But we're going to take a quick time out. We come back. Head football coach for Wyomere Lidgewood, Scott Stringy. They have a date with Mayport CG in the quarterfinals. We'll talk with Scott next after this on Prep Spotlight on the fan.
0: Back on Prep Spotlight on this Wednesday evening, 740 the fan at 740 thefan.com is the uh, North Dakota and Minnesota High School football playoffs uh, continuing on uh, this weekend and in uh, nine man. Uh, one of the teams that's uh, been uh, been one of the fun ones to watch is the uh, the Warbirds of Wenemere Lidgerwood as they come in unbeaten and they'll get a, a familiar foe at Region one with the game on Saturday against uh, Mayport CG. I'm pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Warbirds, Scott Stringy. And uh, first of all, Coach, thanks for joining us. And it's been um, – uh, you and I were talking about it last week. Um, you know, some some coaches like that week off, some coaches don't. And you, you gladly took it, and, and uh, it looked like it showed last Saturday against Rockford Cheyenne.
2: Well, thanks for having me first, Brad. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, the uh, bye, I did get asked that quite a few times, surprisingly. <laughs> You know, do you want to buy? Do you not want to buy? I guess when you go through a region like ours, and it's it's most every week, you mean you got to bring your lunch pail, and uh, kids get beat up, and it's just nice to have that week off. And you know, there's no chance that you're losing that week. And uh, as you have seen, there were teams that had buys that didn't fare as well as we did, and we were fortunate enough to come out on top. And I and I thought the kids were prepared. I really did. I thought they had the right mindset we took it uh you know we the first week of that bye where we didn't know who we were playing for sure we focused on ourselves a lot of situational things uh, different things that arise in a game that you sometimes don't get the time to practice you know because you don't have a lot of time uh with the kids they got a lot of things going on in their lives but uh I thought the coaches and the and the kids really had a great great two weeks of prep and uh i I didn't. I thought it helped that Kidder County was ahead of them by 20, and then uh, they came back because there were a couple points, a couple times in the game where we were up 20, and it was we were able to reflect back on what we saw on tape, and that the, that team is resilient, and they're not just going to uh, fold for us. So we uh, we found a way to, you know, when we got had a chance to get up on them, we did that, and, and I'm very proud with the kids and and. Uh, Hopefully we can continue that this week.
0: Yeah, and uh, seven turnovers you forced on, on really a pretty good offense. I was impressed with what some of the things they could do with uh, with Belquist and uh, Almaris at quarterback. But I think a lot of that was, A, you got uh, some heat, and you were able to do so with maybe just your base three or throwing a linebacker in there once in a while. You were able to kind of harass him and make him uncomfortable and force him into some uh, some throws he'd rather not make.
2: Yeah, and, and we also have athletes on the, on the field too. Yeah you know, where they were, you know, they, there was a hit, uh, Andreas had early in the game that set the tone. You know, if you're going to throw it across the middle, um, you better be ready to get hit. And, uh, they were, there were hits across, across the field. I mean, it was a hit parade. I mean, the kids had the mentality, you know, okay, you, we may give up some big plays, but we're also going to make our own plays. And, I think the kid the um, that Almer, I don't think he threw that many interceptions for the season and he had quite a few that game because of the pressure like you said. Uh, uh single Aaron bonin single and Charlie Moffat did a great job putting pressure on him all day and then uh, it you know they work together. I heard the Eagles I I forget who it was their safety talking about the NFL Eagles talking about how everything works together and that's what it is. You you know if if there's a letdown if we have a Pass coverage break, a a lot of times if the defensive line would have got there quicker, you know, he wouldn't have had that problem. He wouldn't have that chance to survey the field. So it it was a team effort. Uh, Mo does an an exceptional job. Mary Anderson, he's been doing it for years. I'm sure he's well over 300 games, probably pushing the 400 games as far as a defensive coordinator, and he he gets it. And the kids, you know, they they love him, and they, they responded to everything he threw at him. He threw a lot of stuff at him, and those kids picked it up.
1: Uh, Scott, when you take a look, we could talk about your offense and the high-scoring offense and the guys, the playmakers on that side of the football, but the defense, and Brad and I were talking about this a little bit last week, uh, your defense has been very opportunistic in turning the opponents over, and then you guys have taken advantage of that. Why has that been such a big factor for this Warbird team this year?
2: Well, it's, like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's good to have athletes. It's really good to have experience. We have probably four guys on the defensive side that have started for three years, and uh, you know, most of them started last year against Shiloh and and against North Border in the playoffs. So they experienced, and they they felt what it, what happens when you lose. You know, you put everything into it and lose a close game. And uh, they you know they have that mindset that they don't want to do that. They don't want to feel that. They want to do everything in their powers to put us in a good position. But uh, they they know the game well. It's not like they pay, play perfect. Mm-hmm. But when they make a mistake, they usually follow it up with a big play and they got each other's back. You hear a lot of that from the from the kids next play. you know they, they don't dwell on their mistakes, which is huge for a team, a program that's trying to do bigger things.
0: Yeah and that's a very good point. I mean really on both sides of the ball and I'd even throw special teams into that mix too. I mean you look at your offensive stats, um, it's not just one or two people you've got three four five guys that handle the ball and you and, and you don't miss a beat really with any of them and um this has been and it's you got to love this as a coaching staff this has been a true team effort
2: yeah I, I you know i believe that the the best horse is a fresh horse and i've never enjoyed just focusing one kid if you can get more kids involved you get better buy-in i believe I mean, we we have kids that could rush for fifteen hundred yards, or we got receivers that could go up and get fifteen hundred yards receiving if we want. We got a quarterback that could throw for four or five thousand yards if we wanted him to. But that's I don't believe that's best for kids. I don't believe it's best in the long term because you need to be able to be balanced when you get in the playoffs. You you know if they take away something, you've got to be able to attack them somewhere else, and that's what I I feel our kids really bought into. It. I don't know how many kids we have over 400 yards rushing, uh, how many kids we have over 200 yards receiving, but um, it is a team, team emphasis. And, you know, I don't, I don't hear the kids pouting or, you know, they didn't get their numbers or whatever. They, they uh, perform in other ways. They, you know, special teams has been huge for us this year. Our defense is scoring touchdowns. Our special teams is scoring touchdowns. Um, it's, it's, been a, it's been fun so far.
1: Why? Why, Mayor had football coach Scott Stringy with us. A couple more minutes left with him, and Scott, what's been the message? We'll get to Mayport CG here in a second, but what's been the message from this team to you know not overlook anybody to get to where you are right now to have an opportunity with the win you know coming up on Saturday to get to the semifinals? What's been the message from the start of the season to where you guys are at now to this Warbird team, Scott?
2: In one game at a time. The biggest cliche in sports, probably, but. The kids they they bought into it. I haven't seen them have an off game. Uh, you know, we put in the locker room there's one bracket. Last week it was Weinere Lidgewood versus New Rockford Cheyenne and now that, and that's what I had up there. I said that's the only bracket that matters. You know, everybody wants to get into seeing who they're playing next, this and that, but that doesn't matter. You know, the only the only game that matters is the one at hand and um, just take it, you know, take the focus, extreme focus. You know, usually teenagers are <laughs> tough to, you know, they're they're going to have a letdown usually once a year, but uh, they haven't had that, and I hope they continue. You know, the, the kids are experienced, and uh, I haven't seen cockiness from them. You know, they're they're confident. They're a confident group. Brad's seen them. You know, he, he knows they they're a confident group, but I don't I don't think they they come off as overconfident. Um, they know that you know this could be their last game, and they don't want it to be their last game you know this is possibly the last time these guys play on their field so very you know, good seniors there's 13 of them and, and it it could it could possibly be the last time they play on this field and this field means something to them
0: Yep. very good point uh, i get the impression just from talking some from your coaching staff and a few other people that i don't think a lot of people maybe not as many as you might think are surprised at mayports at this point where they're uh, they're they're facing you in the quarterfinals
2: no i'm i'm not i I've been impressed with our region, but Mayport is, has been a team. They were picked by the coaches fourth, but uh, we knew coming in they had the talent. They, you know, they were mainly sophomores last year, and they're still, you know, they still have another year after this year. But uh, the talent they have, uh, they they're able to do both. They run pass, play good D, and their special teams has really improved the last three weeks since we played them. And uh, they have a good coaching staff, you know. Sola, he does a great job. He was in Milner before, and uh, I know him well, and I know what he's all about. And he's about good fundamental football. And I see, I see some of the things he's been taking from other, you know, other schools and 9 men, that are uh, including myself, but taking things, plays that uh, um, he's seeing that are hard to defend, and using them in his own offense, which is, you know, a sign of a good coach. When you're willing to steal from other teams, that means a lot.
0: Scott Stringy, head coach of the Winmere lidgerwood Warbirds. They will take on Mayport CG, 2 o'clock on uh, Saturday, and that'll be a uh, pregame about 145 with uh, Chase Miller on the call on 740 The Fan. Scott, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this
2: weekend. Yeah, thanks for your coverage. You did a great job last week.
0: Scott Stringy, veteran head coach of the Winmere lidgerwood Warbirds. They get ready for Mayport CG on Saturday. More of Prep Spotlight coming up after this on 740 The Fan.
1: Back on Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. Our final segment, we're going to get to some of the games we have on this airwave. 740 The Fan, three games for you on Friday and Saturday combined. Then we have a game on 104.7 Duke FM as well on Friday night. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson. And Brad, let's talk about some of the games we have in the 3A quarter funnels right here on 740 The Fan. There is a matinee with uh, Fargo South Bruins and Bismarck high up 4 o'clock. Then a nightcap at around 7 right here on The Fan. Both games in Bismarck. Fargo Davies at Bismarck Century and both these teams have already faced each other, uh, Brad in both of these games. Yeah,
0: South was unbeaten at that time. Bismarck really jumped on him, uh jumped on him early, and uh really Bismarck we kinda wondered when west Fargo beat them forty one nothing in week two and go, hmm, that doesn't seem like the uh the demons team that we've known from the past, but they have responded well. Right now, Century has the upper hand on him. Century uh beat him for the fourth straight time back a couple of weeks ago, but uh Bismarck's still awfully tough. Sprecher, they're running back 1,200 yards, nearly eight yards a carry, 19 touchdowns. Mather, their quarterback's completing 74% of his passes, 1,388 yards, so good balance uh, offensively, and I think that'll be the key for the Bruins is can they slow down that offense? Uh, and offensively, can they limit the mistakes? They had some mistakes come, not that they had a ton of mistakes against Cheyenne, but they came at really inopportune times last week, and they nearly overcame that. Uh, You know, the special teams uh, snafu and the extra point cost them late, but uh, we'll see. Is uh, is Howard going to be a little bit healthier? He played last week for South, but wasn't targeted a whole lot. He caught one pass the whole game. And Victor Isaac's going to have to be big on, on both sides of the football here in order for the uh, the Bruins to move on.
1: Fargo South lost to Bismarck on September the 22nd, 41-14. The Bruins are coming in in their last three games. They are one and two losses to Cheyenne and West Fargo. Both teams in the playoffs, and they got a four-point win at home against Fargo Davies, 26-22. The winner of Bismarck High and Fargo South goes up against the West Fargo Packers and Bismarck Legacy. We'll have that game for you on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM, Friday night. And Brad, a similar game in terms of Bismarck and South. Uh, West Fargo took care of Bismarck Legacy back on September the 16th in Bismarck, 39-7. And you and I have been saying it all year. We've been very impressed by the offense and defensive line for the Packers. What any gravdog can do in the pocket, he can run. But sometimes he just gives it to Frannick or Sell, and they run for him. So uh, what's the biggest thing if you're West Fargo and Jay Gibson that you just don't want to overlook this thing? here coming up on Friday night. I think you
0: just kind of worry about yourself. I think uh, they go with their their strengths, and, you know, we'll see if the weather plays a factor, but they can run the ball very well. Frannick, I don't know if he gets as much credit as he should, just on both sides of the football. He's a little bit undersized, but he runs He runs hard defensively. He's got a nose for the ball, uh, excellent tackler, very good, you know, textbook-like tackler defensively. And um, I think, you know, you, you kind of go with your strengths a little bit. I mean, if you've gotten to this point and you've steamrolled everybody, you know, I mean, you you respect everyone, but you don't fear everybody. And I think that's you know, West Fargo's just going to go with what they uh, what they know best.
1: Last time these two teams played between the Packers and the Sabers, West Fargo limited Bismarck Legacy to just 86 rushing yards on 35 attempts. So if Legacy can get that running game going a little bit, that's going to help them to try to knock off the Packers. We go to the top half of the bracket, and a game we'll have for you later in the evening on Seven for the Fan on Friday night. Bismarck Century, the number one ranked team in the West, going up against the number four seed from the East. Fargo, Davies, but Davies made it close against Century just a couple weekends ago, Brad, where they just lost 38-25 to 25 out in Bismarck. What has to change for them to make it close to try to find a way to win? I well, got two big plays for scores in the
0: first half of that game, Davies did, and, and that could be a factor in this. You know, the one thing that's kind of looking at Century, it's kind of the same theme that we had when we were talking with Scott Stringy, there isn't anybody that just stands out. Uh, I think just as a team aspect, you look at their numbers, there isn't really eye-popping stats by one or two people. It's just a, it's just a collaborative effort by everybody, and I think that's, you know, that kind of takes a page, from, I think, from the Bismarck High days when, you know, they were really at their peak, and they're still very good. I think that's the thing that impresses me the most. And As far as Davies goes, you're going to have to try and make some stops on third down. You're going to try, because Century's going to try and, you know, wear you down a little bit, kind of win that battle up front. And, you know, can can Davies win the battle up front? Can they get some stops on third down? And will the big plays be there again? Will Forknell and company, um, with that mixture of running backs and the receivers they have out of the edge, is there going to be uh, enough big plays out there? Can they force and, and make enough big plays to keep themselves in the game against a very, very disciplined Century team.
1: Davies, they've lost three straight games, but all against a playoff caliber opponents in Bismarck Century. South and West Fargo going into the playoffs. Uh, If Argleas and Johnson-Jones can get going for Davies, that'll be a big help for the Eagles. The game that will match up on that side of the bracket, the winner of Bismarck Century and Davies will play the winner of West Fargo, Cheyenne, and Minot High. And Creighton Rudolph is the first person that jumps off the page, Brad, when you look at Minot High. The Magi, 21st consecutive playoff appearance in a row and then on the flip side it starts and it ends with Jason Gallrap. I uh, had no doubt about that he uh, he was a load
0: to try and tackle South really had some uh, some problems with him they did force a fumble in the second play of the game but other than that Gallrap was really uh, I thought was really dominant they had some nice play calls you know when they they started to sell on the run on Gallrap. they hit him over the top on third and inches for that touchdown that gave him the lead I, you know, Galraff is going to get a lot of the attention, but I think, you know, you look at those wings, you look at Hofner, you look at Goldaddy, they can run a counter, they can run something to the outside with them. They may have to do that just to keep Minot off balance and uh, time of possession is going to be key. If my, if um, Cheyenne can control it for, you know, let's say they control it for, you know, 26 to 30 minutes, mm-hmm. that's going to be to their favor because Minot's got a, probably got a little more, a little more of a der- diversified offense, uh, probably can do a little bit more maybe than Cheyenne can with the ball.
1: This is Prep Spotlight. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson. A couple minutes left before we get to game number two of the World Series currently underway. We'll get to that coverage right after we are done here. Brad, double-A, single-A, nine-men. Everybody's down in the quarterfinals in North Dakota. Uh, some double-A games that are going to be played. Shanley and Bismarck St. Mary's both will abide in the semifinals as they earn the top two seeds. So Jamestown goes up against Watford City at home and Devil's Lake goes up against Wapiton at home. What's the big thing that stands out to you in both of those games?
0: Well, of course, Wapiton in Devils Lake, the six overtime thriller they had a few weeks back down in Wapiton. You know, Aaron Dyke is going to have to come up huge. He's been a, he's been an outstanding running back, and wapiton has been a tough team to figure out. Played Shanley extremely tough a couple of weeks ago. Made the long trip to Watford and ended up losing. Uh, you know, losing by a touchdown. They've had their had their sure close losses. I think they're a better team than a number six seed, but you, know, you go up to Devils Lake, and you know, we'll see how they respond. They got thumped pretty good by uh, by Shanley last week, but I think that's an even game. Jamestown, Watford City, Jamestown really dominated the Wolves. It was early in the season, but they really dominated in the second half. I expect a much much closer game here this time around, but I, I, I think Jamestown's going to win at home. First home playoff game in over two decades for him. I think they're going to be ready.
1: What's the game between Class A and NIMAD that really jumps off the page that you're circling and saying this could be a dandy and you could definitely this is might be a one possession game? I'm going to take two in Class A. Uh, Langdon
0: and E.E.K. is big. They met in the semifinals last year. E.E.K. won in Langdon. Definitely a contrast there. I think Clayton Greenike's going to have to be big. He was in the opening round win over Harvey Wells County. That's going to be one to watch. And then Velva and Beulah. Uh, Velva, the number two seed, so to speak, facing a Beulah team that moved down from double-A. Uh, gives you a lot of gives you a lot of different a lot of funky looks on offense um, that's gonna be, that's gonna be one to follow there nine man obviously your game's gonna be interesting with mayport cg a bit of a surprise cinderella against, uh, baby that's against, right against wine Lidgerwood. cavalier napoleon can napoleon match up with cavalier can that ground game with uh with fettig and weigel be the difference there and out west could be a lot of points with north prairie new, new salem Glenalla North Prairie. 6462 last week. <laughs> a come from behind 6462 win. That's one to keep an eye on too.
1: Uh, coming up again on Friday, Brad Anderson will have two games for you right here on 740. The fan. Fargo South against Bismarck at four o'clock. Then a nightcap with Fargo Davies and Bismarck Century schedule for 7 o'clock on our brother station. 1047 Duke FM for Friday. Bismarck Legacy at West Fargo at 7 p.m. Then on Saturday, we have Nine Man Football Mayport CG at Wymare Lidgewood at 2 o'clock. Brad, thanks again, and we'll talk a little semifinals and see where the volley Volleyball action is all on the hardcore coming up next week. This uh, the show keeps going faster and faster every week. Kind of like a football season when you talk to these guys, going, it's only three weeks left, possibly, for some of these teams. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yes. All right, the World Series is next right here on 740 The Fan.